Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of October in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, reports a key part of HS2 is about to be scrapped. Throw Rishi Sunak's pre-election narrative off track. And I'm Caroline Hepke at the Conservative Party conference here in Manchester with the latest on that decision and the divisions that it's creating in the party. Plus, is there anything AI can't do? JP Morgan CEO tells Bloomberg artificial intelligence could lead to a three and a half day working week. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The Prime Minister is facing backlash from his Conservative Party, businesses and Northern leaders over a possible announcement to scrap part of the flagship infrastructure project HS2. The speculation announcement could come as soon as today to ditch the northern leg of the £100 billion high-speed rail project. The decision now threatens to overshadow the whole Conservative Party conference. Tory West Midlands Mayor Andy Street made his view clear. The choice, very stark. Either, as the rumours say, go on, cancel Houston, cancel to Manchester. But you will be turning your back on an opportunity to level up, a once-in-a-generation opportunity. You will, indeed, be damaging our international reputation as a place to invest. Or the alternative is to work with us, engage with us, fully embrace the private sector, hear out what they could do to find a way that we can still build this national piece of infrastructure in a way in which we can afford and at a cost which we're all comfortable with. Despite those pleas from Andy Street, reports suggest that if a decision is made to ditch the project, it could feature in the Prime Minister's speech to the conference tomorrow. Bank of England policymaker Catherine Mann says interest rates have only just reached restrictive territory. Speaking at an event hosted by Redburn Atlantic and Rothschild, Mann disparaged the central bank's forecasts, saying, quote, they've been telling a story fundamentally different from the ones I consider likely. Catherine Mann is widely viewed as the BOE's most hawkish rate setter, but was outvoted last month when she backed continuing increasing rates to stamp out sticky inflation. Loretta Mester says the Federal Reserve will probably need to raise rates once more this year. Speaking to business leaders, the Bank of Cleveland president said the final decision will depend on how the US economy evolves in the coming months. At this point, I suspect we may well need to raise the Fed funds rate once more this year and then hold it there for some time as we accumulate more information on economic developments and assess the effects of the tightening in financial conditions that has already occurred. Mester's comments come as several of the central bank's policymakers have weighed in with their views on the future rate path. Federal Reserve Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr says the US central bank is likely at or very near a level that's sufficiently restrictive. That echoes Chair Jerome Powell's message that officials can proceed carefully on whether to hike again. 
This weekend's temporary US government funding bill may have averted a shutdown, but it also left out something many wanted, $6 billion for Ukraine. Bloomberg understands President Biden is now planning to call allies to discuss the ongoing war, at Baxter reports. The president says he wants to assure the allies that the U.S. support will continue. We cannot, under any circumstances, allow American support for Ukraine to be interrupted. Too many lives at stake, too many children, too many people. A call with allies could happen as early as today, and the White House says it will announce an additional aid package for Ukraine soon. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. The Republican Matt Gates has officially moved to oust the Speaker of the U.S. House, Kevin McCarthy. The Florida congressman cited McCarthy's weekend embrace of a bipartisan deal to avert a government shutdown as provocation for the mutiny. The move tees up a high-stakes vote which could dramatically shift the balance of power in Washington. McCarthy must call a vote within two legislative days and Gates would only need the support of a handful of ultra-conservative colleagues to overthrow McCarthy if Democrats support them. The JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon says artificial intelligence is already being used by thousands of employees at his bank. In an exclusive interview with Bloomberg, Dimon thinks that AI is likely to make dramatic improvements in workers' quality of life, even if it eliminates some jobs. Technologies always replace jobs. Your children are going to live to 100 and not have cancer because of technology. And literally, they'll probably be working three and a half days a week. So technology's done unbelievable things for mankind. But, you know, planes crash, pharmaceuticals get misused. There are negatives. This one, the biggest negative, in my view, is AI being used by bad people to do bad things. You know, the fact, and I do think, you know, eventually have legal guardrails around it. It's kind of hard to do because it's new. Uh, but it will add a huge value. Diamond has previously said the technology can be used to help the bank develop new products and improve productivity. And if you want to hear that interview with the JP Morgan CEO, you can find it on the Bloomberg Talks podcast, all our most important conversations in one place. So Jamie Diamond's comments around a three and a half day work week getting a lot of attention, but we're thinking about a very different three and a half days, and that's the Conservative Party conference. We heard yesterday from the Chancellor there's no money for tax cuts, despite clamouring from the likes of former Prime Minister Liz Truss. But the future of the HS2 rail project taking up a lot of attention at the conference. It reports the Prime Minister uh, could scrap the leg from Birmingham to Manchester as soon as today. Uh, let's talk about what's in store at the conference today. Caroline Hepker is in Manchester and she joins us now from the conference. Good morning to you Caroline. So still no formal announcement over HS2 but are those the three biggest letters, well two letters and a number that everyone's (laughs) talking about in Manchester? It certainly is one of them. Look, it's worse than scrapping the line to Manchester for high-speed rail. It's indecision. Rishi Sunak has refused to say whether to build the line to Manchester, where we are at conference or not. Perhaps he's waiting for his big speech. Uh, But that's not until tomorrow, so that leaves the rumour mill and pretty much uh, every conversation with ministers asking for an answer. It worries Conservatives about Sunak's ability to make tough decisions. Tories, remember, are some 20 points behind the Labour polls. It 
has hugely angered northern mayors, including the Conservative uh, leader Andy Street that you heard just earlier. You'll be turning your back on an opportunity to level up once in a generation. It'll damage the UK's international reputation. His view. The Chancellor in his big speech yesterday, though, did talk about the reasoning behind this. You know, why does it cost 10 times more to build rail infrastructure in the UK than it does in France? The Labour mayor of Manchester telling us here on Bloomberg Radio yesterday, that's a question for the government. Uh, He said that the Conservative Party can't avoid responsibility for the cost overrun. So HS2 really does definitely threaten to derail the message for long-term decision-making for a brighter future. That's the slogan here at the Conservative Party conference. Yeah, that move to insert long term into that slogan, very interesting, uh, as well as we think about the long road to the next election as well. Lots of talk too at the conference, Caroline, yesterday about tax cuts. Did the Chancellor manage to put speculation or, or hope that there could be tax cuts on the way to bed in his speech? Uh, Stephen, the short answer is no. Uh, He talked about wanting a lot of tax cuts, but his speech yesterday was noted for its sobriety and uh, the length, which was pretty short. The main thing that he talked about is um, the IFS, Institute for Fiscal Studies, an influential think tank in the UK. Uh, He said that the IFS said last week we are moving definitively to a higher tax economy. They are wrong. That was the line that got a big reaction um, to the fairly sedate crowd for the Chancellor yesterday. Uh, The UK, having said that, is already seeing the highest tax levels in around 60 years. Also in that speech, the Chancellor talked about this being an elemental choice between sound money, the Conservatives, or running out of money, the Labour uh, Party. We have to be honest about taxes, is what the Chancellor was saying. So his main points were quite small, really. Cutting increases in the civil service, leading to savings of a billion pounds, increasing productivity in the UK, which really is a huge long-term issue that takes investment that doesn't seem available, and reforming the welfare state to get more people back to work but again critics would say that ignores part of the problem which is an increasingly unwell workforce so those were the sort of key lines that came out of the Chancellor's speech yesterday talked about taking on the declinists but Liz Truss's speech in contrast got a packed crowd uh, queuing around the block nearly a year after her disastrous mini budget she gave no um TV or radio interviews, no uh, just that big speech, but she talked about cutting corporation tax, building half a million new homes and uh, resuming fracking in order to cut energy bills. She talked about we want to stop taxing things and banning things. I mean, she got a really rapturous welcome even though her policies are more to the right of the Sunak Hunt government right now and you know, the government's line um, one former minister for example saying to us, it is what it is, it is a sideshow, literally that. So that's the sort of a view um, against Liz Truss. But, you know, she does now have quite a number of MPs backing her growth plan. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch the dynamics playing out among Conservative Party uh Bigwigs, I suppose, about to phrase. Caroline Hepker at the Conservative Party conference in Manchester. Uh, thank you very much. I want to bring you some more of our interview with the JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon, next. He talked about the state of the US economy, why he thinks rates could go to 7%, but his comments on artificial intelligence and its impact on the workforce having an impact too. He's been speaking to Emily Chang. Technologies always replace jobs. Your children are going to live to 100 and not have cancer because of technology. And literally, they'll probably be working three and a half days a week. 
so technology has done unbelievable things for mankind. But, you know, planes crash, pharmaceuticals get misused. There are negatives. This is one of the biggest negative, in my view, is AI being used by bad people to do bad things. Think of cyber. You know, Henry Kissinger talks about uh, warfare. Uh, but, you know, the fact, and I do think, you know, eventually you have legal guardrails around it. It's kind of hard to do because it's new. Uh, but it will add a huge value. And, you know, for J.P. Morgan, if it replaces jobs, you know, we hope to redeploy people. Mm. Like at First Republic, you know, we've offered jobs to like 90% of the people. They accepted. Uh, but we also, you know, we've told them as we, some of those jobs are transitory, but we hire 30,000 people a year. So we expect to be able to get them a job somewhere local in a different branch or a different function if we can do that. So, and we'll be doing that with any dislocation that takes place as a, as a result of AI. I want the Jamie Dimon forecast on the broader economy. Yeah. First it was hurricanes, and then it was storm clouds in your yeah. annual letter. Now, What's the weather now? You, you, Is a recession You guys coming? have consistently got this wrong, okay? <laughs> I'm not giving a forecast. I'm, I'm trying to, I, 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 I blame myself, okay? The U.S. has been very strong for a while. No surprise, $5 trillion was pump, pumped in fiscally, you know, $3 trillion to $4 trillion of QE, and now that's being reversed. The consumer's still in good shape. They're still spending money. They still have more money than pre-COVID. It's spending down. Home prices have gone for 15 years. Asset prices have gone for 15 years. They're in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. And then the people are talking about you know, deterioration. Credit is not deteriorating. Credit card, all-time highs, not inflation-adjusted or GDP-adjusted or income-adjusted. And yeah, it's it deteriorating. We thought it was normalizing. And corporate credit's been quite good. So you have a strong economy. That's the here and now. All, and all the data is a little distorted because of COVID and things like that. When you ask the question about a forecast, and I don't make forecasts, I look out there and say, what are the range of outcomes? From hurricane to storm clouds. No, this is, I would put it as several storm clouds. I said, when I said hurricane, I was correcting. Someone said the storm, cl storm clouds dissipate. I said, no, that one may be a hurricane. Mm -hmm. We don't know what it is. Here's what they are. There are two of them that are different than other things. So we always have, you know, I don't worry about the weather. And I honestly, I don't spend a lot of time guessing about the economy. I mean, that, that to me is, is the sunny or rainy. I don't worry about that. We run the company to serve clients through thick and thin. That's what we do to serve governments, to you know, satisfy regulators, and that, that's all weather. But there are two things which are extraordinary today, which may have different outcomes, and think of them as storm clouds. We don't know if they're going to hit, when they're going to hit, what they're going to do. Okay, So I'm not predicting that, but I'll tell you what I worry about. So one is the fiscal money being spent is so big, largest in uh, peacetime ever, America and kind of around the world, with already very high deficits. And QT we've never had. So I know some people think QT will be uneventful. I'm not so sure. I, at a minimum, I expect volatile markets. Uh, and then you've got, uh, and then all the long-term fiscal things are kind of inflationary. You know, oil prices, certain commodity prices, the green economy, you know, the restructuring of trade, you name it, I see it's adding to inflation, not mm -hmm. subtracting inflation. So I don't think inflationary will, will be that, you know, keep on coming down. It may not. And therefore, rates may go higher. But the biggest storm cloud is geopolitical. It's Ukraine, the humanitarian crisis. You know, it's a war not far from here. It's along 600 miles, 500,000 people have been killed. It's nuclear blackmail. It's going to affect all global relationships in America and China, trade alliances. We don't know how it's going to start either. So I just put those two things as I keep a close eye on. And then how it affects the economy is different. And what I've been talking about that is, I just tell people, be prepared for higher rates and slower 7%. growth. 7%. Are we really going there? And, well, and how I don't know. That when I said 5%, growth. they said, are we going there? Yeah, it's possible. 
You know, so I, when I talk to my board, I say, yeah, it, it, can it go to 7%? The answer is yes. Are there factors that would drive it, you know, higher than, you know, where it is today? You know, four, and a half, four six or four, seven, I'm talking about a 10-year bond now. Yes. Uh, is supply and demand could push high? Yes. I'm, I'm just saying be prepared for it. So and, 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 and then the worst case is stagflation. You know, higher rates because you have a booming economy and there's a lot of competition for capital is not the same thing as stagflation. What are... What are the ripple effects of the stress of that? 7% rates on business, on your growth? Well, I'm not worried about J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan, you know, we, we, we are prepared. We can handle 7%. We can handle 2% again. 8%? Yeah, we can handle that too. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that risk management is not the same thing as guessing the future. Mm. When risk management looking at the range of potential outcomes and being able to say to yourself, we can handle this, we can handle this, we don't really expect it, and we can handle the in-between. You know, if you bet your company on you know, one outcome, so I think all companies do that. You know, and every company's got different exposures, you know, input prices, output prices. You know, some interest rates don't matter. Some it's the price of mozzarella. So <laughs> what's your business? Your business is different. So, uh, but I, I think we don't know the effect of these things in the economy. So they may, we may have a soft landing. We may have a mild recession. We may have a harder recession. You know, obviously there are potential bad outcomes. The, you know, the worst one would be economically is stagflation. Right. Where you have low growth, high interest rates, and obviously if that happens, you're going to see you know, a lot of people struggling. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. We bring you news and analysis every day on the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast, but now you can hear the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Search Bloomberg News Now and subscribe today. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.